0: Please take your copy of God's Word and turn with me to the book of 2 John. Only one chapter in that book, the book of 2 John. We will be in verses 1 through 3. And while you're turning there, I do want to mention real quick, just thank you all, each one of you, for just the the calls and the texts and the emails that you sent to us over the last couple weeks. They have meant a lot and I hope you all know I tell our youth this all the time, but I love each and every one of you and I appreciate you all greatly and you all just a tremendous su- support and encouragement to me and I thank you for that. Thank you. Love y'all as well. Uh, if you found your place, please stand for the reading of God's word and remain standing for a time of prayer following.
1: The elder, to the elect lady and her children whom I love in the truth and not only I, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth that remains in us and will be with us forever grace mercy and peace will be with us from god the father and from jesus christ the son of the father in truth and love
0: let's pray most gracious heavenly father lord we do love you we thank you for your word for the truth that it contains lord it is the embodiment of truth father truth is not relative there is an absolute truth and your son jesus christ Coming, living on this earth, living a sinless, blameless life, and dying for us is truth. Father, I pray that there would be anyone in our midst today that, that hasn't accepted that truth and turned their life to you. Lord, I pray that today would be the day. Father, I pray that you speak mightily through Ben. Lord, give him the words to speak, and Father, open our hearts to receive it. We do love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Welcome to Pole Creek this morning. It's so good to see each and every one of you. Those of you who are in our satellite area, those of you who are worshiping with us online, you are all very valued and I appreciate so much you taking the time to worship with us this morning. And I trust that God has you each and every one here for a particular reason, that God's word is gonna speak specifically to your heart and I cannot wait to see what God continues to do in the lives and the hearts of the people of our church. So we're gonna start a new series today and the series name is Wisdom for a new year. And believe it or not, we are uh, encroaching very quickly on the year 2022. And it's hard to believe 2022 is already here. And I think as we enter into 2022, there's some things that I think God wants us to settle in our hearts because we certainly live in a different uh, day and age. I think uh, centuries ago, cultural norms would change perhaps by the century We've now come to a place where cultural norms are changing by the decade and even by the year. That's how quickly our culture and our society is changing. And as Christians, as those of us who have confessed belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, we stand on absolute truth. We stand on a truth that is eternal, a truth that does not change. So for us, this can be very difficult. I think in the old days when changes would come, they would come slow enough to where everyone could kind of acclimate to those changes. We're in a day and age now where we are in constant shock of the, the things that are coming through our society. The things that are being pushed on us. The things that we are being told in terms of morality that has changed. And we as Christians, we have to know how to handle those things. We have to know how to exist in a world that is not that does not believe the same way we do, that does not go the same way we do. We have to know how to relate to people who don't know Christ. We need to know how to relate to people who don't even have a worldview the same as we do, who don't even operate from the same basis of morality that we operate from. Listen, God has called us to this time for a particular reason. There is a hopeless and a lost world out there who needs to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ, and he has you in this time for a particular reason. We can't just throw up our hands and say, you know what, the world's too crazy, we're going to isolate ourselves and we're going to move away from this world. No, we've got to be in the world, but not of it. We've got to insert ourselves into the lives of those we work with, those we live beside, those we know, those we go to school with, because it is of eternal importance that we make an impact in their lives. Today, if you truly believe the Bible, you know what that means? You believe that there is a heaven and that there is a hell. You believe in an exclusive faith, and what I mean by exclusive is that if someone has never trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, they can't go to heaven. Now, if we believe the Bible to be true, and we believe that heaven is reserved only for those who trust in Jesus Christ, that means we've got a job to do. That means we've now got a mission. We've got an entire world of over 7 billion people now, growing by the day, of people, many of whom are in unreached people groups, which means they have no access to the gospel, they don't even have a Bible that they can read, they have no church or pastor that they can go to to talk to, over 3 billion people on planet Earth who are in unreached people groups. We've got a lot of work to do, don't we? If we truly believe the Bible, that means that we must be about the soul-saving business. Thankfully, God is bringing many lost people to our area. The city of Asheville has become a hub for people of Eastern religious philosophies, of other religious mindsets, of atheistic and agnostic belief systems. Now they are coming to us. Now what are we going to do? We need to intersect the darkness with the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So this series, I believe, is going to benefit us greatly as we go through the books of Second and Third John. And the title of my sermon today is this, Are You Rooted? Are you rooted? And what I mean by that is the truth rooted deep within you, the truth of God's Word. In order to have a worldview, you must believe something about things. You must have a way to analyze the information that is coming at you. A worldview is like this lens that we view the world through. And determine based upon what you believe, perhaps how you were raised, based upon your experiences, all of those things sometimes can factor in how you view the world. But as Christians, we understand that the truth of God's Word transcends our experiences. It transcends societal norms. It transcends political correctness. The truth of God's Word transcends those things to where if my mind does not fully align with the Word of God, I am commanded as a Christ follower to realign my thoughts, to realign my beliefs, to align with the Word of God. See, the Bible teaches of an instantaneous salvation. The day, the time that you accepted Christ, you were instantaneously saved. Your name written in the Lamb's book of life. The Bible teaches us, Jesus said, No one can pluck from my hand those whom the Father gives me. In other words, once you're saved, you're always saved. But there is a process by which we go through in life called sanctification. And what sanctification is, is it's not salvation, it's not us working our way to heaven or working our way to be saved, but it is us becoming more like Christ. It's our minds aligning more with the Word of God each and every day. I can honestly say that I've had to realign my thoughts and my mind since I've been saved to better align with the Word of God. There have been things that I have believed that were against and contrary to God's Word. That God has convicted me through the power of the Holy Spirit and said, If you want to live for me, you must think the way I think. You must believe the truth that I say is truth. It's kind of like we've said so many times, why does God get to tell me what to do? Isn't Isn't that the question that humanity is asking today? Why do I have to bow to any authority? I'm an autonomous human being... That's where the whole pro-choice movement has stemmed from is that it is considered full autonomy to be able to do exactly what I want to do with my body and no one can tell me what to do. That stems from an idea of anti-authority. As human beings, we see back in the Garden of Eden, Eve did not want to hear what God had to say. Adam did not want to believe that that tree of knowledge of good and evil was off limits to them. They chose to make themselves gods that day and they said, you know what, God... You have your commands, you have your things, I'm going to make my own decision today. And humanity fell into sin. Today, humanity is still doing the same thing. We're saying, God, we want to be our own gods, and we want to determine our own destiny. We want to control ourselves, and we get, want to determine what's right and wrong for us. Well, in understanding that, we know that that always leads to destruction, It always leads to a failure in one's understanding of what truth is and what life is. The moment you define your own truth is the moment that you take the place of God and you finally will fall. Human wisdom is always second place to the mind of God. And we have to understand that as we think through this. So Tim, if you'll go ahead and throw these pictures up on the screen. Basically, we've just got a few pictures and you can just kind of run through these, Tim, periodically. But I think it's important for us to understand The root system of a tree. You may think, well, Ben, this isn't biology class, is it? No, it's not. But I think God's creation really uh, shouts out to the, the truth and the authenticity of his word. Trees, what you see above ground, is really only half of what a tree truly is. See, trees have deep root systems. And the root systems are essential to their health. They're essential to the lifespan of that tree. They're essential to that tree being able to withstand the elements that are thrown at it in the environment. Right there, that last picture, if you'll go back to that third picture, Tim, that is actually the root system of a palm tree. Now, one thing that I find very interesting is that palm trees, being on the coast, are basically exposed to the most difficult of weather, in my opinion, hurricane winds. Winds that are so powerful, they take down buildings. Winds that are so powerful that they destroy entire electrical grids. But yet a palm tree can withstand the winds of a hurricane. A palm tree, if you've ever been at the beach when a big storm comes through, a palm tree will literally bend with the wind. Almost to the point you're thinking that thing has got to break at some point. When that wind passes, it just stands right back up. You ever wondered why? Why is that palm tree able to withstand the elements? Look at the root system. Look how complex and deep that root system is. You know, as believers... We have got to be rooted in the truth. Because in a lot of ways, we're like that palm tree. In a lot of ways, as society continues to throw things at us that are antithetical to the Word of God, we have got to re- know how to withstand that. We've got to know how to bend with the pressures. We've got to know how to withstand the pressures and not break. We've got to know how to stand for the Word of God and the conviction that God has laid in our hearts to continue to proclaim the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, so many times you hear people say, Ben, it's not right to judge people. And, and I would say that's correct partially. Sometimes we have got to tell people the truth of God's word and they don't always want to hear it. Now, if I tell you something is wrong and it's in the word of God, guess what, I'm not judging you. The word of God is judging you. The word of God has already placed judgment and if I keep silent While you're in your sin, you know what I'm doing? I'm patting you on the back as you destroy your life. If I loved you, am I going to pat you on the back as you destroy your life? No, if I care about you, I want you to know the truth so that you can be at peace with God, so that you can have joy, so that you can have a fulfilled and abundant life. If I love you, I'm going to tell you those difficult things because I care about you. If your loved ones are living in sin, the worst thing you can do is keep silent today. You say, Ben, if I, if, I, if I approach that subject, if I talk about that, Ben, they'll hate me and they'll never talk to me again. Hey, you know what? That's between them and God. You've done your part. God has given you a mouth for a reason, and it's to proclaim the truth of his word. Hey, today in our society, things are not going to get easier for Christians. I believe that we're going to have a culling of Christians. You know, in, in, in decades past, it was not hard for a lost person to blend in with the church crowd. Everyone kind of held to a particular bit of Christianity. Most people in America at some point would have said, yes, I'm a Christian. Whether they knew Christ or not, they would have associated with Christianity because of our culture. But now we're coming to an age where it's not popular to be a Christian anymore. People are not going to claim Christianity for the benefit of what it can do for their business because it may in fact hurt their business. People are not going to claim to be Christians anymore because they think it's a good thing because they found a lot of other things that they would rather associate with. Today there is a cooling of believers and non-believers. It is becoming more and more revealed and more and more obvious of who are Christians and who are not. And I think today God is doing that as a way to show the world that you cannot associate with the Lord Jesus Christ without a true life change, without an embracing of the full word of God. Many times we think through you know, the Bible and we say, well, you know what, I, I, think, I think that part of the Bible may not be quite for me, but I really like the part about God is love. And I, you know, I'm going to hold on to God is love, but God is a judge or, or hell is real. I think I'm going to push that away. You know what happens there? You're taking the parts of God you like and you're kicking the parts you don't like. My friends, we can't do that. The Bible reveals the full character of our God. And if you are going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible, you must take the whole Bible. You must take the full weight of the truth that it reveals. And you must unapologetically stand on it in the coming year. So as we look at wisdom for the new year and as we think about what has God got for me in this coming year... How, how am I going to be able to move forward at work with the difficulties that I'm facing? How am I going to move forward with my family in the difficulties that I'm facing? How are my children going to continue to, to, to uh, prosper at school in the difficulties that they're facing? Well, I promise you today that the truth of God's word will get you through that. The first thing that I want us to see is this about truth. It is stability and security. Stability and security are found in the truth. So as we think about being rooted in the truth, stability and security are found in that truth, and we find that in verses one through two. Let's go back and read those again in Second John, verses one and two. The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not only I but also all who know the truth, because of the truth that remains in us and will be with us forever. As we look at the book of Second John, you may be wondering who is this elder. Who is this elect lady and her children? Well, as I studied through this, many scholars believe the elder is the Apostle John. The Apostle John is the one who wrote this very short letter. He is the same Apostle who wrote the Gospel of John. He was the same Apostle in the Gospel of John who he kept referring to the disciple whom Jesus loved. Many people believe that John was the closest and the most intimate with Jesus of any of the other disciples. John is also the one who wrote the book of Revelation. He wrote the book of Revelation after receiving that revelation from God on the Isle of Patmos. This is that same John who wrote this second letter. Many scholars believe the elect lady is a name for a local church. That there was a local church that John was ministering to and shepherding. And he was writing this letter to this local church, the elect lady, and her children who would have been its members. And he wrote this book as a way of warning and as a way of teaching so that they could move forward in the gospel in the context that they were in. Have you ever considered the American experiment? And what I mean by the American experiment is there has been no other society in the history of mankind that has operated like the United States of America. It is truly an experiment. There has never been a country that has had a democracy like we have. There has never been a country that has basically started from a bunch of farmers and immigrants and developed into the most powerful country in the world. It is almost a one in trillion odds that something like we're enjoying today as the nation of the United States of America could have ever happened. It was not planned to go that way, but now we see the fruits of it. And we think about what makes America so appealing to us today. And many of us, first thing would say is Freedom. We thank God for our freedom. We thank God for the men and women who have paid the ultimate sacrifice, who have sacrificed and served in our United States Armed Forces. We thank God for that freedom. But you know what? I think another thing is that we so many times overlook is the stability and the security that we have in this country. I think that is something that we as humans have a natural need for. We need security, we need stability. No one operates well in a life that is unpredictable. No one operates well in circumstances that are unknown. No one operates well when they don't know if they're gonna be able to pay their power bill or they don't know if they're gonna be able to sleep in their bed safely the next night. Stability and security are very, very important to us as human beings. And, and I believe that is why we many times are so staunch in defending our country because we love that security and that stability that we find. If you go back to May 2020, you go back to the George Floyd protests. And we remember that because the news was covered with these protests. Remember it happened in Portland, Oregon? It even digressed to the point where the people in Portland, Oregon developed their own autonomous zone. And what that was was basically they had declared that they were a free and sovereign nation and they were outside of the authority of the government. Now, we're on the other side of the country from that. This is West Coast stuff. This is several thousand miles from us. But there's not a one of us who will honestly say that that did not bother us to a certain extent. We're watching that did not make us uneasy. And you ever asked yourself why? Why did that make us so uneasy I mean it was so far away it it was on the other side of the nation touching another ocean it was because there was a tinge of possibility that that same thing could happen here and we start to think my security and my stability is being threatened and I don't like that that makes me uneasy and I think that's okay I think God has created us to need security and stability. But here's the thing. The only way you're going to ever enjoy true security and true stability is in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because we live in a world today where not even the United States can protect us. Not even the United States can guarantee what we love and enjoy. Not even the United States can guarantee our peace and our happiness. Only the Lord Jesus Christ can. So when we think about that stability and security, we see there in that first verse of 2 John, as John is talking to this church, he makes this statement to my, I'm sorry, to the elect lady and her children whom I love in the truth. Now, why would he say I love in the truth? I don't tell my wife when I tell her I love her, honey, I love you in the truth. I don't tell my children, children, I love you in the truth. But maybe we should and here's what he's getting at the love of God is unique to the love of the world the love of God is not the same kind of love you're going to find on the Hollywood movies the love of God is not the same kind of love that you see posted on signs and 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 cardboard all over the city of Asheville the kind of love that is love in the truth is love that is defined by God in his word and if we're going to be rooted in the faith as we go into the year 2022, one thing that we have got to understand is what is biblical love? What is love in the truth? What is true love? Well, if true love originates with God, then guess who gets to define true love? God does. God is our frame of reference when we think about the word love. And as John is talking to this church, he doesn't want them to just say, hey, I kind of like you guys. Hey, you're my good friends. He's saying, I love you in the truth. In other words, I love you with the love of God. You know what the love of God is? Unconditional love. You know what I am? A sinner. Worthless. On my best day, I mess up. Say, Ben, that's not popular. You're supposed to believe in yourself. I believe in Jesus. Amen? Because he can save an old sinner like me. You know what? True love is an almighty and a righteous and a holy God saying I love that sinner enough that I'm willing to die for him. That I'm willing to give my life for him regardless of the fact that he can do nothing for me. Hey, you know what Ben could do for God? Nothing. You know what Ben can add to God? Nothing. Did I better God by him saving me? No. He's he's as much God... After I got saved, as he was at the creation of planet Earth, he is God. But that is true love. Now, does that sound like Hollywood love? Does that sound like the kind of love that's being perpetuated to our our children on social media? You know what the love is today? It's a me love. I like that, so I'm going to do that. I love me, so I'm going to fulfill my passions and my desires. What can you do for me? Hey, I'll love you if you'll do this, this, and this. My friends, that's not the love of God. That's not love in truth. You know what we base the love in truth on? God's love. You know how I know what God's love is? I've personally experienced it through salvation. Because I'm gonna get to go to heaven one day. Not because I'm good, not because I'm smart, not because I'm intelligent which you can say, man, I'm none of those things, right? <laughs> but because I get the righteousness of Jesus Christ. When he died for me, he took my sin, took it to the grave, rose again, and gave me his righteousness. So now, guess what? When I stand before God, it's not gonna be, Ben, you, you sure messed up a lot. It's not gonna be, Ben, you sinned a whole lot. And boy, you're gonna, you're gonna mess heaven up if you come into heaven. You know what God's gonna say to me? Because of the righteousness of my son and your faith in his death, burial, and resurrection, come on in. You can come to heaven. That's truth, and that's love. And that's what we all need to be about today. And you know what? That changes our perspective about the world. It changes our perspective about people who are living in sin. Quit hating people. Don't hate people just because they're living contrary to the word of God. God loves them. You say, Ben, they're destroying our country. Ben, they're, 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 they're terrorizing our cities. Ben, they're, they're ruining our school systems. Ben, they're hurting my children. No, no, you have it all wrong. It's not about what can they do for you. It's not about how they can better your life, but it's how God loves them just like he loved you and gave his only son for them. You know what? The most vile person you can think of, guess what? Jesus died for them on the cross. The most wicked person you can imagine, Jesus died for them on the cross. And if it not be for the grace of God, you would be in the exact same situation therein. That my friends is love in truth. But also we go on down and we see something else here that John begins to talk about as we talk about being rooted in faith and in truth. He says in verse 1, "And not only I, but also all who know the truth." He's saying, "Not only do I love you, local church, followers of Christ, But all who love God and all who are in this same truth and love love you as well. You know what's so beautiful about the love of God is it brings about unity among Christians. You know what, there's enough junk dividing this world today. As Christians, let's be united. Let's be united in that love and that truth that comes from the word of God. Hey, we can disagree on little stuff. That's not a big deal. But you know what we can agree on? is that Jesus died for a bunch of old sinners like us. Now let's go and tell the world about him. Hey, I'm telling you what, and I believe Pole Creek, I believe God is working in our hearts, I believe God is going to move this church to do mighty things in this community, but I believe that he wants you today to step out on faith and begin to evangelize and witness in this community. Hey, you know what, if we'll just start with our neighbors, if we'll just start with our loved ones, hey, we can cover thousands of people in this community with the gospel of Jesus Christ, And I believe that that's what he's calling this church to do today. We also see if you go on down there, he talks a little bit more about this truth. In verse 2, because of the truth that remains in us and will be with us forever. As we're talking about this security and this stability, you know what we as human beings like? We like forever stuff. We like stuff that we can bank on forever. If you think about your retirement, you don't put into your retirement thinking you're going to lose it one day. You're not uh, contributing to your 401k every week because, hey, you know what? The economy's going to crash and I'm going to lose everything, but I'm going to keep giving my money to it. No, no. You're banking on the security of that 401k lasting until you retire, you being able to take that money and live on it. We go into relationships not thinking, I'm going to just probably be in this for a couple of weeks and then I'm going to back back out. No, no, we go into relationships making ourselves vulnerable to another person. We're banking on that relationship being a forever relationship. That's where that stability and security comes in that God created us to desire and created us to want. But did you hear the security and the stability there in the way that John phrases verse 2? Because of the truth that remains in us and will be with us forever. You know what I think humanity really wants? It's just someone who loves them. We always want somebody to love us. And we don't want somebody to love us because of what we can do for them, but we want somebody to love us even when we mess up, even when we struggle, even when we have hard times. And what God's Word is telling us here today is that God is that one. Hey, let me tell you something, married couples, your spouse will let you down one day. And I'm not saying necessarily it'll end in divorce, but I am saying your spouse is an imperfect sinner who's going to let you down one day. And if you expect the love that you have in that... Amen, Shirley. (laughs) Good, great. Jim, I'm sorry, buddy. (laughs) But if you're expecting your spouse to be that for you, you're expecting too much out of them. Only God can be that forever love. Only God can be that one that you can always count on. Listen, I'll be honest with you. I've messed up big in my life. I've had some situations where I was like, there's no way I'm going to come back from this. But you know who always loves me through it? God. You know who's always there to pick up the broken pieces? God. You know who's always there to love me in those deep, dark, lonely nights? God. And I'm telling you what, that's that forever love that we're talking about today. That truth that is in us remains in us and will be with us forever. That truth is founded in love. So today, as we look to 2022, as we're trying to glean wisdom for the future, understand this, that your security and stability, no matter how crazy Washington, D.C. gets, no matter how crazy Asheville City gets, no matter how crazy the school systems get, no matter how crazy any of this stuff gets, that truth will remain in you forever if you know the Lord Jesus Christ. You will have that stability that will carry you through all your trials and all your troubles, and God will be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Amen. So today also, this is my last point, that truth that is rooted deep in scripture, it's hope. Hope is found in the truth. Aren't you glad that hope is found in the truth? Yes, security and stability is in the truth, but hope is in the truth. You may ask yourself, Ben, why is hope so important? What makes hope such a desirable thing for humanity? Why do we even need hope? Hope is a good thing when it's rooted in something that is able to fulfill its promises. Uh, Tim, if you'll go ahead and show this uh, political poster for us. So now, I'm not going to get political, all right? We all have our own opinions about politics, and that's not why I'm putting this poster up. I'm putting this poster up to make a point. Humanity is looking for hope. Now, if y'all remember in the Obama campaign, that was one of his biggest things as as he was putting forth his campaign promises and as actually this wasn't even created by his campaign this was created by an artist but it really shows the heart of the human race in needing someone to follow they need someone who can guarantee that there is a brighter future our our nation is inundated with who is going to lead us forward and who is going to fix all of our problems you know i've always said this but americans we have a, a hero fetish We love heroes. That's why Marvel Comics is bigger than it's ever been. That's why all the greatest movies are about heroes. Because we as human beings, we want hope. We want a leader. We want someone who can lead us and give us hope and give us assurance that everything is going to be okay. And we start to question, is everything really going to be okay or not? Well, here in 2 John, we see that John is putting forth an idea of hope. An understanding of hope that goes beyond this life, that goes beyond this world. In verse 3, the Bible says this, Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God, the Father, and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. I want you to look at those three words there to begin with, grace, mercy, and peace, in verse 3. Well, first of all, we see that grace means when you receive something that you do not deserve. Mercy is not receiving something that you do deserve. So, when you think about these two things, you can't help but think about salvation. You know, when the Lord Jesus Christ saved me, he gave me something that I did not deserve. He gave me eternal life, he gave me forgiveness. He wrote my name in the Lamb's book of life. When the Lord Jesus saved me, you know what? He didn't give me what I did deserve. You know what I deserve as a sinner? eternal hell, because I fall short of the perfect sinlessness of God Almighty. But you know what? He had grace. He had mercy. And you know what the result of that grace and mercy is? Peace. Now, there's really two kinds of peace that we're going to find in Scripture. There's peace with God, and there's the peace of God. And in my rebellion against God before I got saved, I was an enemy of the king. Because I was embracing my own sin, my own desires, my own wants, going my own way. And saying, God, I don't need you and I don't care about you. I was an enemy of God. But you know what? When I accepted Jesus and I trusted the payment that he made for me on the cross, you know what the Bible teaches? That I then obtained peace with God. We were no longer enemies. As a matter of fact, I was then adopted into his family and I am now at peace with him. Not only that, but I have the peace of God, which means that I have a hope buried deep down inside of me that says, no matter what happens in life, Ben, I'm with you. No matter what happens in life, Ben, your eternity is sealed and secure. You'll be with me forever in heaven. That's the kind of great God we have. He says, God, grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. We know that salvation comes only from the Lord Jesus Christ and that it is all done in truth and in love. The truth is that Jesus Christ indeed died for you on the cross. The truth is that he was indeed buried in a borrowed tomb and the truth is that he did indeed rise from the dead and the truth is that he did it because he loved you. The Bible says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loved you. And you know what? If you've never accepted Jesus today, today's the time. Today is that accepted time. Now is that time. You may say, Ben, you know, I've never quite felt comfortable submitting to a God I don't know. Well, you know what? He stands with outreached arms. He paid the price for you. He did it all. All he says is, will you say yes to me? And the moment that you say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible teaches us that you will be saved. And I am so thankful for a God who loves us so much that he was willing to die for us on a cross. So today as we look forward to 2022, I want you to leave here today with confidence. I want you to leave here with a sense of stability and security in your heart. I want you to leave here with a sense of hope. Because regardless of how crazy this world is, we win. We win in the end. If you know Jesus, hey, you don't have to worry about 2022. You just focus on Jesus, and he'll take care of everything. Our brothers and sisters from ancient times went through far more horrifying times than we have. Our brothers and sisters endured the Roman Empire. They endured the days of the gladiators. They endured being persecuted and murdered and killed. Hey, listen, Jesus brought them through it. He'll bring us through it. And you know what? The victory is ours. Let's pray. Bow your heads with us today. Bow your heads as we pray.